Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots episode 207. In this episode, we discuss how automation can be a bad thing, plus how to show form submit details on HubSpot dashboards. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, service, and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, really well. Tons of calls lately, past couple of weeks. It's been a busy time, but uh, always good to chat on the show, Ian. That's right, Craig. Let's take it away with our growth thought of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about the dangers of automation. Yes. I thought this was an important topic to cover because as marketers, we do favor and ideally aspire to efficiency. I'm sure you'd agree, Ian. And one of the promises of marketing automation tools is that they automate all those manual processes, the repeatable manual processes. So that sounds really good. And of course, efficiency is something that I strive for. I'm sure you do and most marketers do. But I wanted to give you an example of why you should be regularly reviewing this. So I'll give a little story about one thing that we've automated and why we're rolling it back now to make it much more of a manual piece. And it's really about client relationships. So one of the things that we've automated over the last couple of years, and many marketers would, is dashboards and reports. So we use Databox, we use Google Data Studio, we use Google Analytics reports, we use HubSpot, of course, has dashboards and they can be automated and emailed out. And we've done what we feel is a really good job of making them efficient, sending out dashboards on Monday mornings and, of course, having Databox dashboards with just a link that we send out. There's real time. We think it's fantastic. We decided to do an internal audit recently just around Databox, actually, who's using Databox, and no one in the team is, and turns out none of our clients are as well. And we're like, oh, this, this is, I, I found this shocking, actually. And then in chatting with the team and also just my own behaviors with clients, I realized, actually, the clients don't look at the dashboards because it doesn't answer the question of why. And it answers the question of what, Here's what's happened, but it doesn't talk about why. And what it was also doing was eroding this client advisory relationship that we had with our customers. So it turns out when we chat with them, we do now draw attention to some of these dashboards and we highlight insights. Clients are after insights. And so if you're a marketer, whether you're working in an agency or a marketer for a company, think about your role reporting up to management, say, Management often don't just want the report with numbers, they want insights. And so this is a chance for you to engage more deeply with stakeholders and if you're an agency, more deeply with your clients and provide that advisory insight that they need in order to push uh, business growth. So the takeaway from this is really just to be reviewing your approach to automation. We charge on and implement automation thinking it can't be anything but a good thing, but perhaps it's actually been at the detriment of client relationships. Anyway, that's our our growth thought of the week. What do you think, Ian? I agree, Craig, because recently I had some automation running for a customer of ours where we were checking certain activities on deals and then creating automation to create a task to update something. And I think I updated something and a whole bunch of tasks got created. And then the next thing I had lots of salespeople screaming at me, going, turn that off. And then I realized that, so there is a certain 
limit of automation and there's a certain ability for us to take discretion and to understand what people are going through and what they're doing in their daily processes. So what's actually been really interesting out of this is that we've actually scaled back some of the stuff that we usually put in place or have really made it really fine-grained to go, well, what is actually the really the core thing that we need out of this automation? Maybe it's not all of these things we're asking them to fill out. Maybe it's this one thing that needs to be done that will give us the result that we need. So we've actually, interestingly, turned some off or refined some of those workflows for sales. That's a good example. I think the summary would be people are overwhelmed with the what, what to do, reminders, reports, dashboards but they are thirsty for insights. All right. Let's go into our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. And I wanted to highlight this is because HubSpot has a property history and it'll often put in there what caused the change, right? And you can view a property history from an individual field as well from the contact company and deal history. But I got asked this question from one of our customers is that, what does this mean? So I then went back and I took a look and I said, hang on, there are all of these different ways that properties can get updated. And I just picked, there's a whole bunch of them, but I'm just going to take you through six quickly that may not necessarily stand out to you. So the first one, which I was asked about, is that you might see something where it says CRM underscore UI. And this property, so I'll just tell you, so that that's a property that was updated by the HubSpot CRM automatically. For example, the lifecycle stage sync setting is turned on and the context lifecycle changes when it's associated with a company. Or maybe a deal gets created and that changes to an opportunity, for example. So that's the first one. The next one is you might see this thing called engagements. And that is a property that's updated when interaction happens with the record. And the change of source applies to the specific properties that relies on interactions with the record, such as notes, last updated, last contacted. The next one that I want to talk about is extensions. And this is the property that was updated using the profiles in Gmail, right? Not Outlook, in Gmail. So that's another one to look out for. The fourth one is, uh, they says from via merge. And this property was updated from merging two contacts together. And the change can be triggered when an email is forwarded on to one known contact to another for any related submission occurred with the known email address. I don't know that was a mouthful, but it's basically from a merge, okay? The fifth one I want to do is integration. And this this property means that it was upgraded from an external integration that's happening into HubSpot. And the sixth one and last one we're going to talk about is background task. And this is where the property was updated because a change that caused a backend task to trigger. For example, a workflow updated a contact's lifecycle stage and it triggered that to update a score in the system. And that's something that can happen because of that workflow. So just be understanding that a background task associated. So it's actually taking that into note and, re- and putting that as to why that happened. So that's a really good thing to understand. Yeah, really useful. And in the show notes, we've got links off to the full list. You've covered six. I think there's 20 or so, actually. There's a whole ton more. So worth reading if you're interested in the full details on history on properties. Now, Craig, uh, HubSpot sales feature of the week. And this is a request from a customer of ours because they were on the road and they were going, well, I just want to 
be able for my boss to go and see what I'm doing today or what meetings I'm going to. And I was like, oh, how do I figure this one out? Anyway, I went to the reports and I found out of how I could stick a whole bunch of meetings that they had scheduled for the week, essentially. But I then set the dashboard. So it emails them every day in the morning at eight o'clock or six o'clock, I think, what meetings they've booked. And that's the only thing that's on the dashboard. So essentially, we had the meeting time, we had the contact and the company that it was associated with, and then the details of the meeting. So really simple. I had a whole bunch of other things in there, but I ended up taking it out because it just didn't add value at that point in time. So this was just a really simple way. Hey, if you want whoever in your business to figure out where you are today and what you're doing, these are the people you're going to see. So that was really helpful. I find this fascinating. It's because it's almost like you're using an email to send a list of the, their meetings for the day. It's like, why wouldn't you just look at the calendar? But, you know, this is a use case. They've found this more useful than alternatives. So, fascinating. And, and maybe one of the things was that this person was on the road. So, often they said, look, I might be in between two meetings and I have this gap and I kind of want to be able to go... Or they want to be able to see, look, if this gap and who are the contacts in that area that I might want to visit or I might want to call in on. So just gave them an idea of where they are and what they're doing. Now, Craig, we have a HubSpot listener question, Craig. And uh, thank you to Damien who put in this question. Hello, and thank you for, for connecting with us, Damien. It's been good to connect. And this is about how to display form submit details on dashboards. And his question was... In HubSpot, how do you report on form activity? It's fine to fill in a form if it's on a landing page because you can report on that page. But one of his client's biggest issues was trying to report on pop-up forms or slide-in forms as we know them on the website because there's no immediate report that will show the performance of a pop-up other than a workflow making them the new contacts into certain life cycle stages like MQLs and then creating a report on that based on that life cycle change. Can you see another way to consistently measure and report on this in dashboards? So Damien, here is the answer to your question and you probably need to go and have a look at the show notes and listeners, if you're keen, go and have a look at the show notes. It's shot number four. Craig, do you want to give the answer? Yeah, I'll quickly talk about how to do this. And thanks, Damien, for the question. Good question. Got me thinking. Uh, but the solution is through reports, custom reports. They used to be called. I think they're just called reports now. And when you create a report, there is a contact property called form submission that you can pull into a report. We've got, as Ian said, we've got screenshots in the show notes so you can see how we've just pulled in form submissions. Then you can filter to just show pop-up forms if that's all you're interested in. And you can do further filtering as well. And then that's a little report. We call them widgets, don't we, Ian? No one we calls do. them widgets. They call HubSpot calls them reports. We call them widgets. But then you can put those right onto a dashboard. And we've got an example of two of them that I just uh, spun up before the show on showing on a dashboard. So really good question and something that I think we'll use as well. I thought this was actually a really good question. And uh, thank you, HubSpot Reports, for making it so easy. And I guess one thing in there when we were talking about this, Craig, is that in the visualization, you might actually figure out that you put in the pop-up form. So what it's actually doing, you'll actually end up seeing in the graph, essentially, you will see pop-up forms and other forms. 
And the reason you're going to see that is that these people would have filled in a pop-up form plus other forms. Am I right, Craig? Yeah, that's right. So when you're filtering the data, you're filtering on contacts who meet the criteria. But when you visualize, it's based on the form submissions from those contacts. So if a contact, as you said, has filled out not only a pop-up form, but a normal form, well, they were included in the filter. So that contact was included, but then the visualization includes both of the forms, unfortunately. But I think it'll give Damien 90% of what he's after in this case. All right. And I have what gotcha of the week, Craig. And this is how to get permission to restore deleted contacts. And this came from someone on the sales team who was cleaning up some of their contacts that they owned. And they, did, they were about to delete a contact. It nicely gave them a message saying, if anything goes wrong, you can restore this. Of course, something did go wrong. And then they couldn't restore the contact. And then they contacted me in a bit of an annoyed state. Let's put it this way. Anyway, I jumped on and I thought, okay, when we are in accounts, we generally have access to, to pretty much everything. So we don't come across these issues. So I thought, okay, this is rather interesting because I have given this person, he's the head of sales in that state. So he pretty much has access to everything. And I just didn't get why he could not restore his contacts. Anyway, while I was talking to him and listeners, if you don't know that this is actually under the actions menu in contacts, if you want to restore contacts within 90 days time. So I went there and I can see the contact. That's really good. Anyway, I jumped on with support and I said, this does not make sense why this person does not have access to restore the contacts. Anyway, they said they need to have account access to restore contacts. And I asked the question and I said, this seems rather odd. Like, why would this happen? And so their response was, they have had a lot of issues with people in the past restoring data incorrectly. So that's why they needed to make this an admin access function to restore contacts. So there's the gotcha. So the summary is, if you can't restore contacts, it's because you don't have permissions and you need a super admin to give you the permissions under the account access area of the permissions. All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week. All right, a good one here from YouTube, which you've highlighted. And I'll just mention that quickly because we're coming up to time, but Google's released stats on YouTube viewing behavior changes in the last few months. Interesting to see the rise of at-home related videos, that is videos which had the word at-home in the title, up by more than 50%. And also just a general trend that regular watchers on YouTube do so to learn about a specific topic. So it's not just binge or general watching. It's actually very topic specific. I thought that was a useful insight and I can certainly relate to it. I don't know about you, Anne, but when I think of what I watch on YouTube, it's it's not just binge watching anything. I have specific topics in mind. You're absolutely right, Craig. I know people go to learn a lot of things it's a point of starting their journey on lots of different things. And one thing I've noticed, even in my little journey on YouTube, is you just realize how it starts uncovering, oh, you've actually looked at this. Maybe you should watch this channel. And so here's some really interesting stats. Global watch time of how-to videos that include at home in the title has increased more than 50% year on year. And another interesting stat is 49% of consumers who regularly watch YouTube do so to learn about a specific topic. And that's pretty high. So here's an opportunity. The takeaway is businesses have an opportunity here of 
educating people on their product or their service before they actually talk to them. And this is a good channel to do that as more people are actually using it. Now, Craig, a year ago, what was HubSpot doing? Was this the duplicate contact tool or was this a separate AI piece related to it? I think this is a separate AI piece related to it. Yeah, they did get a lot smarter around how they identified duplicates. That's really improved. I have noticed that. So, And just note, I think I mentioned this before, this is in Marketing Professional and above, is the the system that scans and creates a report, I think, every Sunday on any duplicates that you possibly have in your system. And you can go through and review that again under the contact actions menu. All right, Craig, the quote of the week. This is from Alain de Botton. He's a well-known philosopher. And he said, anyone who isn't embarrassed by who they were last year probably isn't learning enough. I thought that was a great motivation to continual learning. All right, listeners, we have uh, lots of bonus uh, links in the show notes for you. Again, connect with us on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. And until next week... See you later, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.